Welcome to Moments in Truth. I'm your host, G.T. Sykes. Now, the purpose of Moments in Truth is to give you a few minutes of encouragement by providing simple truths from God's Word, identified and explained from a biblical worldview. Now, today we are starting a 12-lesson series on the promises of God. Now, the scriptures are filled with promises of God. And really, a promise of God is simply a pledge or an assurance that God gives to mankind. Now, for instance, the promise of God that we are considering today is that God will bring us peace. And this promise is taken from Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3, which says, You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Now, you here is speaking of God. And we could read the verse this way. We could say, God will keep me in perfect peace when my mind is stayed or fixed on God because I trust in God. Now, I want to address something here before moving forward because it is a practice that we will be considering quite a bit through Moments in Truth as we are thinking and studying over the Word of God. And the Bible instructs us not to add or take anything away from Scripture, which makes some people nervous that we should not change, even for our own understanding, the way the words are listed in our Bible. Now, when I approach the Word of God, I do so with great reverence. I'm very careful as to how I consider each verse, and I'm very careful in how I consider the context. When I meditate on a passage, I will often personalize it and consider what it is saying in my own native language in a very clear and completely understandable way. Now, when I am studying a full passage and I can see the full context, it it makes it easy for me to be able to understand it. But when I am studying one verse within the passage, I may have to change some of the words in order to bring that verse within the context of that whole passage. Now, for instance, our passage today, it begins with the word you, because in the previous passage, God was already identified. Therefore, the context of this verse is not about any random you, but about God, which is why I label it for our understanding to God. Now, the him, as in you will keep him in perfect peace, is addressing people who put their trust in God, which we can see from the study of the earlier passage. Now, you could read it or study it as God will keep people who trust in him in perfect peace. Or if you are one who trusts in God, you can personalize it and say, God will keep me in perfect peace when I trust in him. And the most important information that you can glean from each verse in the Bible is the context of what is being said. God wants us to study his word and know it, but not just to know it word for word based on whatever was exactly written down. I mean, if that was the case and we were to be tested on that at the gates of heaven, we would probably have to memorize it from the original Hebrew and Greek language. Now, God is not interested in you knowing word for word what he said, as he is about you knowing him personally. If we can tell others word for word, but cannot tell them what it means or how we apply it in our lives, then what good is it? God's word has been given to us as a bridge to his understanding, and we are to use that bridge to get to know him. Let's get back to our text. 
So here in Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3, God is giving us a promise that he will keep us in perfect peace when our minds are locked in and centered on him. Now, I have to be able to trust in God in order for him to keep me in that kind of perfect peace. And we all have some level of peace, but we are limited to how long it lasts. Now, the perfect peace of God allows us to be at such peace when the world around us is in utter chaos. And if I cannot trust God completely, my mind will be swayed with the what-ifs of life. Trusting God begins with getting to know God. So what do you know about God? Now, before I continue, let me clarify that any time that I am drawing your attention to God, I am pointing you to look at the God of the Bible, specifically the Christian, or sometimes it is referred to as the Protestant Bible. And why I am directing you to that Bible is because it holds specific attributes of God that are different from other Bible forms, even different in other religions. You see, my God, the God of the Christian Bible, is the most powerful and awesome God. When I pray, I pray to that God. When I study the Bible and think about God, I think on that same God with the characteristics and attributes of the God in the Christian Bible. Now, my God has specific attributes that are different from all other forms of Bibles, religions, and other religious textbooks outside of the Christian Bible. Now, the problem with believing in a God with different attributes or characteristics than the one in the Christian Bible is that you and I are not believing in the same God, which means that one of us is not praying to the God of heaven. Now, an attribute is a quality or feature regarded as an inherent part of someone. For instance, let's take a a historical figure that we have a lot of information about. Let's say Abraham Lincoln. And what do we know about Abraham Lincoln? Just thinking about a couple of things. Historically, we know that he was tall, he was thin. Sometimes people refer to him as gangly. You know, he typically grew out his beard, he had darker hair. He was a lawyer, and he became the 16th president of the U.S. Now, that's cutting his attributes fairly thin, but think for just a moment with me about a comparison. Let's say that someone approached you and was arguing the point that they believe in an Abraham Lincoln that was short, stout, had red hair, was not the president of the U.S., but was a lawyer. Now, in comparison... We might say that although these two have the same name, they are clearly different people because they have different attributes. Now, we cannot add or take away attributes from the God of the Bible, because when we do that, we are creating for ourselves another God, a different deity than the God of the Christian Bible. Now, what do we know about the God of the Christian Bible? Well, we know that he created the entire universe in only six days, the earth and mankind included. And that shows us that God has incredible wisdom, understanding, knowledge, and the power to create significantly complicated systems of life in just a matter of seconds. A creation alone is a testament to God's infinite wisdom, his incredible creativity, and his unlimited power. And we know that he is eternal. 
meaning that he exists outside of time. He has always been and he always will be. And we know that he is omnipresent, meaning that he is always present everywhere. He doesn't miss anything. He sees and he hears everything, even what we are thinking. And we know that he always remembers. We don't have to worry about him forgetting us because he listens and he remembers. We know that he has prepared a way for us to have our sins forgiven through his son, Jesus Christ. We know that we can confess our sins directly to him through Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. And we know that God does not have a system of rules for us to follow, but desires for us to have a living and loving relationship with him. And we know that we cannot earn our salvation, but it is provided to us through our relationship with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now, these are just a few of the incredible many, many attributes of God that show us God's strength, God's power, and God's wisdom. If you are not familiar with the God of the universe, I would encourage you today to begin reading from the beginning of the Christian Bible and learn about the many attributes of God because these display his abilities and his promises for all of his creation. Now, my God is the most powerful God in the universe. I love and trust my God. Is there any other God as trustworthy as the God of the Christian Bible? Is there any other God that is preparing a place for you after this life on earth? Because my God is. My God is preparing a place in heaven for me and anyone else who would like to join me, including you if you would like. But first, you have to learn to trust my God. Now let's go back to the promise of God for today, which is Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3. God will keep me in perfect peace. And again, it says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Now this verse tells us that God will keep you and me in perfect peace when our thoughts and our focus is fixed on him out of trust in him. So let's talk for a moment about what this peace is. It's not just peace. It's perfect peace. Now, perfect peace is complete tranquility. It is absolute contentment. And for me, I imagine that it's a quiet summer afternoon laying on a hammock someplace in the Caribbean, okay, with a gentle breeze, maybe birds chirping and listening to the water from the ocean gently lap up on the shore. Now for you, it may be riding on an inner tube down a lazy river or sitting on the rocking chair on a front porch. Whatever it is, imagine the most peaceful and relaxing atmosphere that you can be in. What is your picture-perfect moment? That is perfect peace. Now, this isn't to say that the moment that we trust in God, we are transported to our most serene spot. But as we trust in him, even the scariest, the most painful, and the most confusing times are filled with such peace. Now, that same peace that we have in our peaceful place. Now, this is a great reminder that we can be at peace even when we are having a bad day, even when we are going through a terrible circumstance, even when the trials of life continue to batter us like rough ocean waves, 
even when we are fighting against our spiritual enemy and the enemy's arrows are clanging against our spiritual armor, we can still be in complete peace with God. And once more, Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3, God will keep me in perfect peace. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. So the God of the Christian Bible, the creator of heaven and earth, will keep in perfect, blissful peace those whose mind is locked into focusing on him because they trust in him. Keeping my mind locked on God means that I am not being distracted to things that remove my thoughts off of God. Now, this is when we are so focused on him that we dare not take our eyes off of him. Now, that doesn't mean that we are staring into the sky all day or we have our heads bowed in prayer to him all day. We are, we are busy people. We're always moving somewhere to do something. But in our minds and hearts, we are keeping our focus continually on God and godly things, not caught up by the distractions of the world. And think about it this way. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 17 tells us to pray without ceasing. Now, does that mean that we stay on our knees 24-7 in the posture of prayer without eating or sleeping or working? Are we always to keep our heads bowed and our eyes closed, our hands folded? Of course not. Pray without ceasing means to leave that channel of prayer always open, always readily available to talk to the Lord. It's something that we start in the beginning of our day when we first wake up, and we continue to keep that channel open until we shut our eyes at night to go to sleep. Now that means that we should always be considering God in some way. Our focus should be always locked on him, open to continue our conversation. And think of it like starting a conversation on the phone with your favorite person. Now you may start early in the morning when you first wake up, and then you set that phone aside. But all day long, your friend is listening. Throughout the day, you'll pick back up on that phone conversation again and talk with your friends some more. And this will continue until you go to sleep at night. Now, throughout the day, what are you thinking about? You're thinking about your friend, the person that you have that open conversation with. And this is a tremendous blessing because that means that the God of the universe who created everything, who has the power to create from nothing, who can heal our greatest infirmities and answer life's toughest questions. His ear is always open to our questions and he always answers. Always. And just so you know, that means that God is more reliable than the internet. Now we will have perfect peace when our mind is locked on God. Now again, this isn't every thought, okay? We're keeping our minds locked into God, but that doesn't mean that we're not thinking about other things because we all have to go to work and we have to go to school. And it, it may prove to be difficult to keep in the forefront of our minds certain things all the time, but as long as we are locked into God, we can continue going throughout our day and still be coming back and thinking about Him. Basically, we're just staying locked in our frame of thought to Him instead of removing him and thinking about ungodly things. We're staying in tune with him throughout the day because, of course, we're going to be thinking about other things as we do our work and as we do our daily responsibilities. That thinking on God leads to a reliance on God. 
And we continue in the back of our mind even to keep that door open to God. Now, that reliance on God is to us beginning to trust in God. The more that we learn about God, the more that we put our trust in God, and the more that we see him following through with his promises. Now, it's hard sometimes to acknowledge what God is doing in our lives when we are not looking for it. But when we put our faith in God, he cares for our needs, and he gives us perfect peace. Well, let me pray for you today. Lord God, Heavenly Father, I pray that the listeners would see that the God of the Christian Bible, you, Lord, are the most powerful God in existence. Lord God, I pray that they would read about you in the Bible and that they would learn to trust in you so that they too can have perfect peace. And Lord, as the world continues to grow into a scarier place, let us not give up hope, but continue to trust in the perfect peace that only you, Lord, the God of the Christian Bible, can give. Lord God, I pray for the listeners today that they would have victory in their spiritual battles. I pray that they wouldn't give up when trials and circumstances come, even ones that continue to go on and on, Lord God, I pray that instead they would learn to trust in you as you continue to lead and as you continue to direct for what you want for us to do with our lives, how you want us to think, how you want us to act, Lord God, all in accordance with your word, Lord. Strengthen us today. In your name I pray these things. Amen. Well, let me encourage you again that if you are not familiar with the God of the Christian Bible, don't Google him and don't YouTube him. Go back to the source, the Christian Bible, and read about him for yourself. Now, if you don't have a Bible, you can download one to your smartphone. I like the Olive Tree Bible app. It's free and it's easy to navigate. Get yourself a notebook and start in the book of Genesis. Write down every question you have and write down every attribute of God that you come across. You will learn great things from the Christian Bible. And come back for our next episode as we're going to be talking about more promises of God. We're going to be looking specifically at how God helps to sustain us regardless of what we're going through. Well, thank you for listening to Moments in Truth with G.T. Stikes. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen to today's podcast. We would love for more people to hear the truth of God's word. And you can help us reach more people by sharing, following, and subscribing to this podcast. Please be sure to check today's show notes for links to any additional resources, encouragements, and how you can help with this ministry. 